0: If anybody is in wholesale and they're not using sponsored ads, you have to do it because nobody in wholesale is using sponsored ads. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a good episode. Um, Hey, just wanted to jump in with a couple things. There's a couple notes about some things going on with Andy and myself at our warehouse, some opportunities to work with us. I'm going to get them in a second. But first up, man, I've got to mention uh, something. I I hope you saw this. Uh, One of my sponsors, Seller Labs, was recently honored as one of the top companies, top fastest growing companies in the United States. And they looked at the top... 5,000. And these guys didn't make, you know, number 4,000 or 3,000 or 2,000 or 1,000 or 800, 500. No, they made the 148th, I think it was. I mean, just imagine that. What's it take to be number 148 out of 5,000 that were recognized? And, you know, it's just an honor to be recognized. No, to be 148 is a big deal. And, you know, I know, yes, they pay me, and all that kind of jazz, but again, you hear me talk about consistency over time, and when you see a company that's doing these kind of things, it takes really strong leadership when you When you hire services, and we all pay for services i 've got a lot of them, and when I recommend uh, these companies that I recommend it 's because I use their services, right. Over time, what I love is this, is you go to an event and there's Jeff or Tyler, one of them are always, or Ed, are always at the event because you can go and give them feedback, right? Feedback Genius gets better because you give them feedback and they help improve the product. They're always at every event and they're willing to talk with you. They're there to talk to you. How many companies do that? You know, it's easy to, I get these companies all the time. Hey, you know, would you let me promote? I got one right now. Would you let me promote? And we want to sponsor and they said, well, no, I don't know you. I'm sorry. And you're new. Now, maybe you do have the best company, but again, I'm looking at over time and again, for Seller Labs to be recognized across the country and that just to make the list of 5,000 is a huge deal, but to be on number 148, that's a really big deal. So, you know, Jeff Cohen, uh, Brendan Checkerts, um, and, um, uh, Hank, sorry guys. Um, it's just so exciting for me, the leadership that you guys have put together for this company. Um, it's phenomenal and it just says something about you. So I a hundred percent salute you. So I just don't want to miss that. That is such a big deal. Um, that's why I think you should be with seller labs. Look at all the products scope. Right ignite take a look at uh, feedback genius all those products that they have right? They're doing advertising all that stuff is there to help you But again, they're going to be there next year And I think that's the thing you want to remember how many companies have we seen come in and go out because they moved on to the next thing Cryptocurrency and all the rest of that you know, and I don't fault them But that's not the kind of company you want to be with you want to be with a company That's going to be here for the long haul that's going to help build that brand that we're all trying to build and then help you take it to the next level. So Seller Labs, well done. I applaud you, very, very cool. Um, another big one with one of my sponsors is Gay Lisby's group. You've heard me talk about it. It's Q4's coming, um, all that kind of stuff. But what's very cool is she's now given me a special two week free trial. We're the only ones who have it. You get a free trial if you're interested in a sourcing group, daily product find. um, And I'm going to have an announcement in the next week or two with a special bonus thing that you get if you join. But try sign up for two weeks. Try it and then sit back and say, is my business better off? Am I in a better position for Q4? And my theory is this. Have a strong Q4 to get the cash flow so you can build next year's business. You should be building next year's business. How are you going to do that? You need the money. Use this as an opportunity. I just think it's phenomenal. So it's um, you go to amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. Yes, it's a mouthful. Amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. And you get that two weeks free. It's phenomenal. And last but not least, I don't want to miss uh, Karen Locker's solution for e commerce. She's doing listings for me this week uh, for all these new. Um, Private label products we have going up. And it's unbelievable. You know, I just send them to her with some information and boom, they do it. They test it. Now, here's a better example. There was a, a, a listing, it's a wholesale account that we have. And um, I said, hey, could you get these four or five photos added on? Um, now, I didn't deal with Karen. I deal with some one of her team members, which I have my own, you know, assigned person for my team, which is phenomenal. And she was like, hey, Steve, I'm having trouble. I'm waiting for them to link or whatever. She followed through and then eventually she said, oh, Steve, go take a look. They're up. That kind of service is what I'm looking for. And that's what I get from Karen's Locker's team. It's solutions for e-commerce, solutions for e-commerce, um, forward slash momentum. And you're going to save 50 bucks, and which is great. And it's 50 bucks every month from there on out. Okay? And so... Consider that, and if you have uh, any questions, whatever, message me um, or message Karen. But solutions, the number four e-commerce forward slash momentum, and man, I just love, love, love the service. So back to Andy and myself. So what we're doing at the warehouse? We have a couple things going on. So we have we have our fifth client coming aboard. Now we're not a fulfillment company. We're not in that world. We just have some storage space and some relatively lower cost and the good news is we're only an hour from AVP so if you send a lot of material to AVP it's it's very convenient here um, because it'll check in usually that day or the next day Um, but we have a loading dock so we can hand our pallets and we ship out by the pallet that's the way we prefer to do it Um, but we have a couple openings if you're interested in working with us we're not interested in doing any um, RA or OA we just began we're just not we don't live at that warehouse right um, but we can work uh, especially for pallets, containers, and stuff like that. Um, and we have a couple wholesale clients, but mostly private label. If you're interested in joining us, you want to message Andy uh, Andy Slammons uh, Private message him on Facebook and start the conversation. And then eventually uh, we'll get into it if, if you're interested in that. Second thing we're doing is we are actually going to hold a summit. We're going to hold a summit in September 22nd, I believe the date is. And he's going to talk more about that. But if you've been interested in um, finding out what it takes to run a successful full time or part time, I mean, I'm part time, so I'm I'm a pretty good example of part time. But uh, how about an RA business doing over three million? I think it is. Dent Wentworth is joining us for this summit, and Andy's uh, going to be bringing in his private label, his wholesale, and his RA. Remember, Andy used to do RA. And we're going to bring this whole thing into a conversation. Very, very limited group, um, not very large, um, but it's a workshop type of deal. It's in our warehouse. We're actually going to let you see behind the curtains um, who else is willing to do that. So if you're interested in that, message Andy about Summit. You want to get on that list and find out some more information. He's going to be talking about it over the next few weeks, but I just wanted to get that there. Now, let's really get into the podcast. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 331, Christian Verhoeven. Man, oh man, for a young guy, we got wisdom. The dude's got wisdom. He said something, and Nicole, When we were done with the call. He said something to me afterwards. We were talking about, you know, um, designing that life. I'm all about that, right? And when you hear what he does, and then when junk happens, how he's able to just let it roll off, I think there's a real powerful lesson. And it, this is only a 31-year-old kid to me. I have a son older than him. But he said something else. He's like, you know, we're talking about, you know, wow, well, i got to have the biggest sales. You got to this. He goes, no, I think the real success happens at home. He actually used that phrase, and I'm like, whoa, that's pretty deep. And I think that, you know, when you look inward, take a look at your own life and sit back and say, is real success happening at home? Are your relationships at home healthy? Are you healthy? Are you taking care of yourself? How about your relationships with your family? How about your relationship with your neighbor? How about your relationships with your vendors, right? If that's not all healthy, man, start there, right? And 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 don't give so much to your business at the cost of all these other things. I think there's a really important lesson here in this episode um, that there is a way to figure out both. Um, you just have to have different perspective. And I think uh, 31-year-old Christian has some pretty darn good perspective to offer. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. We're excited about today's guest. Um, He is all the way on the other side of the United States. Um, He got up nice and early for me and I really appreciate it. Christian Verhoeven. Welcome Christian.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, thanks for coming on. It is early in your neck of the world. Is the sun coming up?
0: Yeah, it's, it's nine o'clock. We're, we got some sunlight. We've had a couple hours of sunlight.
1: You're, are, are you close to the fires at all in California?
0: No, not at all. So okay. I'm in, in Highland Park, Los Angeles, where it's, there's some greenery here, but nothing's on fire yet.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. Let's hope there's not, especially today while we're talking. Okay. So you're in California. Are you in California by choice, uh, by luck, by force, uh, you know, family-wise or what have you? Uh, how did you end up in California?
0: Yeah, it's definitely by choice. Um, so a little preamble here. I'm actually born and raised in Germany. Um, and I say that as much for background as as a little preface, because th- there might be a time where I'm going to pronounce something a little bit wrong, or I'm going to take a second longer to find the right word. Eng- English is my second language. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, a- I'm in California. I'm in Los Angeles very much by choice. I moved to the United States about seven years ago at the um, age of what? Uh it, it was 24? Okay. Yeah. So I'm 31 20. now. So 24.
1: Wow, 24. All right. That's mm. that's a pretty good age to
0: move over. Yeah, and that's it was uh I don't think I'd do it again now. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I do it again knowing what I know now. Right, um, right. However, that part of
1: it. But ba- give ba- if you didn't yeah, know what you know now.
0: Exactly. Back then um I literally sold everything that I owned and I came to the U.S. with, with two duffel bags and, and that was it. And I actually literally started out as a dishwasher uh, in, a, in a restaurant kitchen. Were
1: you going to be an actor? I mean, what was the dream?
0: No. Um Well, I don't know that that was necessarily a dream. I just had the opportunity to go and I didn't think twice about it. I didn't really see... Uh, future that I liked for myself back in Germany. Uh, Even though I was in business school, I I just didn't think that was a really fitting choice for me. So I kind of just went on a whim, Um, packed my bags and came over here.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, that was it. So so one of the things that I've always heard about the German education system is they test, test, test you, and they steer you in something that's well-suited for you. And so obviously you must have tested well to get into that curriculum, and they steered you that way. And, and quite frankly, Christian, they're probably right because you are doing really well in business if anybody hasn't told you, right? But, <laughs> but you know, so I guess they, they really do know what they're doing. But realistically, was it the formality? Was it the structure that you didn't care for?
0: Yeah, possibly. I, I'm not sure what happened. I, I always describe it to some people as something just clicked. The first time I came over here, I, I, I realized there was a whole another way of being that was oh. that I felt much more comfortable, and so, so I never it's, looked back.
1: It's a, so when they put you in that track, they normalize you for that track, right? So everybody's kind of – I hate to use this negative term, but like a lemming. Everybody's the same, similar. Maybe that's a better way to say it?
0: Yeah, definitely. So the way that it works uh, actually is that after elementary school, however you test, you go on into uh, one of three secondary schools. There is the, well, yeah, basically depending on your grades. Uh, I had very good grades in elementary school because I was a a reader from a very early age, so that made things really easy for me. Um, And then later on... um, after you go to what's it's called the gymnasium, it's silly, but that's kind of the higher-tier, higher, higher second-level school, um, you can go on to university. Now, I <clears throat> actually dropped out of high school in, I think, 11th or 12th grade uh, and went Girl to work or for music? a bit.
1: Girl or music?
0: Music, actually, Music. Yeah.
1: I knew there was one of those two. Most it has to bit. be one of those two.
0: Yeah, I was in a band then. Uh, We were touring quite a bit. I I was working on the side, uh, and I I picked up college a little bit later. Yeah.
1: Well, You were more than in a band. I mean, it was more than just a little band, right? I mean, you ended up... I mean, you you got to see a lot.
0: No, it was definitely a little band. So it was me and three friends from school, uh, and it was a hardcore punk band. So it was all, like, (laughs) 30, 40-second songs, a lot of screaming, a lot of blast beads. And... (laughs) it was very it was little we toured a bunch it was all german language so we only toured german speaking countries i think with one exception was the netherlands um and we we did have a record but i think it was limited to 500 copies so it was very it's still very cool, do don't Do
1: you, st- you still have i mean that record do you have a copy of it
0: i have like three copies here i didn't have one for a long time and then Somebody told me, I'm not sure if it's actually true, that it became somewhat of a hot commodity on eBay Germany. So I went to our bass player and secured, like, three more records. Not to resell, but just to have.
1: Yeah, that's cool. One day. uh, So what do your parents say about this? So they say, wait, you're dropping out of school to do what? And you're going to scream in German, and you're going to be... I don't know what that thing, something beads. I didn't know what that was.
0: Right. Oh, it's just very fast and drumming. Oh, okay. Last beads. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that doesn't sound as a dad, I'd be a little concerned. Uh, what do your parents Oh, say? I'm sure
0: they were. Um, it was not only that, but also right about a year after I dropped out, I moved away from my parents to Berlin. I grew up in, um, in a small town between Cologne and Düsseldorf, more of the West side of Germany. Uh, and I moved to Berlin when I was 19 or 20. Um, also for the music, but also because I thought, you know, there was a little bit more action for a late teen, early 20s young guy.
1: Not sure. Especially a punker. I mean, that's that's the scene. Right? <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Um, and, yeah, they were a bit concerned, I guess, but... Um, you got past it. We got past it. In the end, everything worked out. I think there was definitely a time where... Being further away from my parents helped our relationship along because the time that we would spend together, we would have to make it count and have it be positive time.
1: And that's a that's a very good lesson. Um, you you almost appreciate them from a distance more than you would when you see them every day. Kind of, I mean, to be honest. As, as guys, we take it for granted. I mean, that's fair.
0: Definitely, yeah, mm. definitely. And
1: so, oh, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to stop you there. But did no, you I blow their that. mind when you said, "I'm going to go"? I'm back oh wait I'm going to California dad
0: (laughs) yeah um my dad was okay with it he was a little bit more of a traveler when he was younger too Uh, obviously he was you know a bit disappointed but uh, we all knew technology at that point would make it a lot easier to keep in touch my mom I kind of dropped a bomb on her but but she came around to it she's actually going to come visit me next month so that'll be nice
1: so this is, uh, this they see as positive. They see, uh, Christian coming into himself because you didn't go to California to join a band. You went there to wash dishes. How'd that play?
0: <laughs> right. Um, so I was in business school when I, when I moved over still, it was, a like an online school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just doing assignments and everything from my computer, um, and I became a dishwasher. Actually, when I first moved over, I was in New Orleans for a year because I thought that's a city that's busy with the service industry. I can find a job there easily at a restaurant, which is something I had done before and I wanted to do again. Um, and then, yes, slowly it kind of came into myself. So from a dishwasher, I became a line cook. Um, at some point later, um realized cooking was what I wanted to do for you know, the time being. And that's when I also dropped out of business school. Hmm. Um, but since the cooking pretty quickly became a real career for me, that's when really I think both my parents realized I'd found my way.
1: Hmm. Did When you look back, I mean, you know, look, looking as you're traveling through your life mentally backwards, right? I think we all retroactively look back. Do you see mm-hmm. this was a natural course for you. You were destined to end up there at some point.
0: Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I I couldn't imagine my life turning out any other way.
1: Well, I think as parents, you know, anybody's listening who's got somebody a younger uh, uh, child who struggles uh, to find themselves because not every I mean we all know those people that seem to have it all together right usually you find out mm-hmm. later on they're a train wreck and it's all just a <laughs> facade right it's all a fake yeah. because they're pretending to be somebody that somebody else wants them to be and you can't be real and it will eventually collapse but when you see that i mean i think that that's the thing is you just love them and you love them where they are and eventually they push their way through and christian's a good example of that okay so you go there you're washing dishes what were you trying Uh to do on the side i mean were you thinking music were you thinking maybe a little acting maybe something or just girls beach surfing nice weather not berlin not rain not not that i'm sure they get beautiful you know certain times of year, too. But. No, so
0: acting never was in my head, actually, Okay, so acting so. wasn't going to be it. You're a good-looking guy. You could pull that off. I'm not sure. I think the accent would would get in my way, and okay. also the tattoos, probably.
1: Yeah, that might be an issue. Yeah, well, it depends on what uh, way. Hey, if it was Sons of Anarchy, you never know. I mean, it could have been, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. The motorcycle helps. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm in New Orleans. I've moved on to be a line cook from washing dishes, and um because everything has gone pretty smoothly i found a job right away when i came over to the states and uh i bought a car i remember exactly i was riding my bike to work to one of my two jobs i was working a lot then uh thinking wow this was pretty easy why don't i also move to california since i'm already here it's not that much further away uh and that was all the thinking that went into it and i was talking to some people that told me no you you need to save all this money to make it work in LA and this and that. And in the end, I think I came over with, uh, 600 bucks in my pocket. Nice. And yeah, I worked out. I, I went on a, I came in and the first week I went on the frenzy of Craigslist applications to be a line cook again. And it worked out, even though I think my original intent was, uh, to go to cooking school, but they wouldn't take me, I think. So,
1: so you go to cool. California and you immediately find a job, right? So that's that, that's especially right. in that career. I mean, that, that, there's a zillion restaurants and they're dying to find cooks. Mm-hmm. So that's an easy one. But where do you live? I mean, that the things that I hear the horror stories about California is the price of, uh, you know, a real estate. But I mean, just renting anything, it's just so expensive and it's almost impossible. Is that is that true?
0: Yeah, that's true, and it's more and more true. Then I used those 600 bucks that I had to live in a room for the first month um, that I had found through my old roommate in New Orleans. So it was more of a personal connection there. And from there on out, I I kept moving on um, because once you have a place, you, you're in a bit of a better position. You don't need to take every apartment that you can get. Oh, you, you know, get you to say no. You can be
1: a little a little techni- a little um, picky. At that point. Like yeah, because you
0: you're not sleeping in your car, which I mean, a lot of people do that here. Um, but you can wait till till a place comes along that you actually do like and that you can afford.
1: Do you think, I mean, as I sit there and listen to this, because I just saw something last night where somebody was sleeping, a working actor sleeping in his car. That's what I saw. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? That's crazy. Do you right. think, though? Um, that these sacrifices, because I think most of us would say that these are sacrifices, right? These are, you know, of course you should have a house. Of course you should have this, right? These sacrifices, do you think they help build up the character within you? Do you think they have helped build the character within you? Let me say it that way.
0: Definitely. Um, So I've I've lived very modestly back in New Orleans when I was just working the line cook jobs. And then when I moved to L.A., you know, as a line cook, you work crazy hours, but you don't necessarily make a lot of money. Um, so you have to dial back on some things that aren't as important. Um, I don't go buy clothes every month. Um, I buy a few new pairs of jeans maybe once a year. Um, so it builds character in a way that maybe you can make do with less and um That actually plays into my life today very well because I do um, run an e-commerce business full-time. And it's definitely one of the smaller ones if I compare myself to other sellers. Um,
1: But it's on your terms. And I think that's a valid point. It's on my terms. What you just said, though. That's important.
0: Yeah. It's on my terms and especially compared to some other people that I know that do this full-time, I don't make a lot of money. But being a lank hook for so long, I'm used to that already. So now the commodity that I do have in abundance is time.
1: Huh. And when you, you know, freedom, right? That's what really yeah, time is, right. freedom. And so when you don't have to worry about whether you have a house or whether you're going to have food and you have your bills paid, it gives you the opportunity to do more things. Looking back at your friends, right, the people that you grew up with, the ones who went to school, who didn't drop out or all those different things, mm-hmm. What is that my opinion, I mean, this is Steve just saying this, is they're dying. They would die to be in your shoes to have that freedom. Wait, you mean you could literally really go to the beach? Like, really? Like, yeah. actually go? Like, not talk about Because, you know, how many people, my wife and I have this conversation all the time. We talk about moving to Florida for so long. And she's like, yeah, but you'd work all the time. You wouldn't be at the beach. We'd be at the <laughs> beach, but you wouldn't be at the beach. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. It's true.
0: Yeah, I get friends, friend requests from those people now. <laughs> yeah, because um, they know where you live. They're you, like, hey. Are you the same person? You live in Los Angeles now? What are you doing? Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot of Do you get a those.
1: couple of them, though, that say to you, I always knew you had to, had it in you, Christian. You just had to see it yourself.
0: Ooh, I'm not hurts. sure.
1: That one's deep, isn't it? I mean, think about that, right? I mean, because I'm sure when you're screaming up on the stage doing whatever that bead stuff you called it, uh, or whoever was doing that stuff, it loud and blah, 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 blah. Nobody sees that. Um, yet, you did it, and you toured, and whatever. Even though you pressed 500 records, you still did something. You accomplished something. So that foundation right. was there. And so, anyway, I know I'm getting off of track, but I, I just think it's very <laughs> cool. I, I just think it's very cool that you're designing the life for you You're figuring it out for yourself. And I think that that's what I hope most people listening to this stop comparing yourself to others because even some of the mega sellers, they have a lot of responsibility. You know, I mean, I I know some Mm -hmm. really big sellers who've got the same cash flow problems you have, but add two extra zeros to it, right? Yeah, definitely. When their order comes in, it's not $10,000, it's, you know, $400,000 and they want, you know, not the 30%, they want it all, you know, and then it comes FOB and then you got, I mean, it's just all this stuff and those extra zeros add gray hairs and uh, bald spots and and stuff. So, um, man, I, I, I think you should, you should, uh, set up a little taller because I think it's very cool for you. This is where you are for you right? You've got that much figured out. What are you doing with that spare time? I think that's a good question, right? you got a lot of spare time. You just said that. What What does that allow you to do?
0: Yeah, I had to figure that out this year. So I set myself the target from January 1st, I'm going to be doing this full time. Um, and it actually came out of, um, at that point, I had stopped cooking and I was working for my friend's uh, company, working production and music festivals, and I was on the road a lot. So it was a lot of gig work meaning i'd be on for three weeks and off for three weeks and i started selling on amazon during that off time when i was home for three weeks and i didn't know what to do with myself and i thought you know what i should create a little bit of a side hustle and you know my initial goal was i want to make 300 extra bucks a month um very
1: realistic not not a big shot you're not you know you're not looking for the i need to make ten thousand dollars and i need to make it by friday steve can you help me out uh, not looking <laughs>
0: at that <laughs> exactly so it was small goals from the start um because i was kind of just hanging out at home not really doing that much uh with my free time and now that i'm doing it full time again i again i don't work that much i i uh have it down to maybe two or three hours a day so i had to figure out what what to do with my time um i bought a motorcycle last year um, that was kind of on a whim, too. My friend convinced me to buy a motorcycle, and I did. And I didn't know how to ride a motorcycle. I bought that's it. A bad,
1: that's a bad plan then, right? When you buy a motorcycle, no, it, you don't know how to ride. That's not a Terrible plan. Well. Yeah. I,
0: so I bought a Harley-Davidson motorcycle I couldn't afford at the time. Um, but I had just become a citizen, so I was celebrating, I thought, you know, buy an American motorcycle um you got the long hair
1: right you got the long hair you gotta you gotta have a motorcycle i mean you got the tattoos
0: it's yeah um so that's become a big part of my life uh i learned how to ride it eventually um so now we go on weekend trips stuff like that with friends that i have who do ride. um What else happened? I'm teaching myself Spanish. I just do the Duolingo for like 15, 20 minutes every day in the morning um, as part of my morning routine, which is something else I had to come up with to kind of stay disciplined. Um, I work out. I started going to uh, jujitsu class about two months ago, and that's been a real real killer. I go for about two hours three times a week, Um, and you just get beat up every time. I just tap out a ton as a new, as a beginner.
1: All Um, these things, though, you're investing in yourself. I mean, none of these things sound like you're working on your Amazon business here, Christian. None, none of the things you described. No, again,
0: I work through for three hours in the morning, and then the day is mine.
1: Well, but let me ask you this, and and I think this statement is going to be accurate. When you're out Mm -hmm. riding your motorcycle, when you're in jujitsu, when you're doing all these other learning Spanish. You're clearing your head so when you do spend those two or three hours working on Amazon, the focus must be intense.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it definitely is. I'm, I've am i always been pretty good at that. And I think actually the kitchen work made it so that I, that I could focus on a couple of things at a, at a time. Um, I have my to-do list and I knock it out every day without any distraction. Sometimes I add a few more things.
1: And that's it. Boom
0: yeah
1: okay I so let, let's talk about this because i think people are going to sit here and say well wait a second this is a relatively young guy young to us um uh, those of mm-hmm. my age steve is not in his head um who's guys an amazon business is successful uh successful enough to live right you don't mm-hmm. you don't have side hustles anymore
0: correct yeah that's correct
1: okay and yet You're learning Spanish, you're riding your motorcycle, you're hanging out, you're taking jujitsu several times a week, um, and you're eating healthy because you stay healthy. I I could say that having met you. I mean, all those Mm -hmm. things, this has given you this freedom by design, by intention. So let's talk about intention. So now you're, are you 100% private label now?
0: No, um, I actually started, well, I started doing, doing, I did one RA run, and I hated it. I was peeling (laughs) off labels in my kitchen. You're like Andy Slamets. Oh, my God. Five minutes in.
1: This isn't it. This is awful.
0: Yep. So I did online arbitrage with a prep center where I didn't have to touch stuff, and that was always my big thing. I don't want to touch any inventory. Uh, I really quickly ventured into wholesale, and I got really lucky there. I have three accounts that I got um, about in the first maybe five or six months in, I got those three accounts and I still have them today. They account for probably half of my revenue. Nice. And then about a year ago, I started dipping into private label and that's been my sole focus since.
1: And, and you have how many SKUs in private label now?
0: Um, that's a good question. I think it's about, uh, 15 or 16, there are a couple of variations there, right, that's why. Right, right. Not too sure.
1: And I think that that's, that's one of the very cool things about when you do private label, it's like wholesale, right? If you're selling mm. uh, let's see what Stephen has got my glasses on my desk, right? If you're selling a pair of glasses, hey, you can put two together and now you have a bundle, right? So that's another skew, right? And that's a very cool thing. Well, if you can do a blue frame and a black right. frame, that's another skew. Well, the same goes true for private label. Um, and I, I that's one of, the, one of the cooler things I think about that people who are doing wholesale or doing private label really need to start figuring out. Instead of chasing the next product, sometimes they should be looking at what could they bundle in with their product to help build out their SKU count. So you've been doing this for, for would you say, six months to a year with the private label?
0: Private label, about a year, yeah.
1: About a year. And you're in Andy and Leron's and Nate's course, correct?
0: Mm-hmm, that is right.
1: And where did you learn about private label and who, who and, and and what why I mean I guess I want to ask it this way is why why are you actually succeeding at it i mean is it is it because you're an outlier and you get your discipline we're back to you working in the kitchen or back to you with good grades because your ability to focus um, is it your ability to learn from others are you inquisitive what, what is it that's giving you the ability to succeed in it
0: I think the biggest one is uh a lesson that that I've learned in the kitchen. And it's that whatever is going to get thrown your way, you still have to make it happen. You still have 300 covers on the books tonight. Your prep cook called out. The produce delivery didn't get in. I've had it all happen on the same day. And you still make it happen for those 300 people. And with private label, I think a lot of people give up at the first few roadblocks that they encounter.
1: Well, Um, let's talk about that because everybody says it's easy. Private label is easy, Christian. Right? It's just you're going to make a million dollars. Just I got a great product for you. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be amazing. It's this thing you put a clove of garlic in it and you squeeze it, <laughs> right? And it's going to be or and you can use it with these gloves. Then they have claws on the end of it. You know you know what I'm talking about. People do make it sound like it's easy. It's not easy, is it?
0: It's not easy, and it is. Ah, uh, I okay. think it's all of. About- a matter of mindset. So obviously, a big one is in your product selection. If you pick the wrong product, it's always going to be hard. If you pick the right product, you can still encounter some roadblocks, but the product is kind of going to lead the way for you. Well,
1: then let's stop there because I think this is a good question. What do you mean by picking the right product? Give me an example of the right product versus the wrong product. And don't tell your stuff, of course.
0: Well... A lot of people look at the numbers, they open the Jungle Scout, the viral launch, and they try and see if that niche is good for you. None of it matters. It, it doesn't matter if, it, if a niche has, I don't know, everybody does 20000 in revenue already and there's 500 reviews on the first page, as long as you can't add value to the product. And it has to be value that somebody else can't recreate. You're not going to have a successful product. The important thing is, how can you do something that nobody else is doing that where you're creating value that can't be replicated? That's all there is to it. Well, obviously, there needs to be a little bit of a market. People do have to buy a product, and there are those tools that will tell you if there is a chance there. But unless you're adding value, there, there's no point in going along.
1: And so adding value. So let's give an example. So let's go back to my garlic press example. So, mm-hmm. and, and there are still people selling gazillion of garlic presses and successfully. Right. I mean, they're outliers. Um, there's a, a Facebook lady uh, who can teach you how to use Facebook viral campaigns and make a, a, a crazy video. And she'll sell through 100 million garlic presses successfully. So there are outliers there. But what would be adding value to a garlic press, for example, what would go through your mind? What would immediately you start thinking like? You were a kitchen guy, so this should be a good one for you.
0: Yeah, people always ask me about the kitchen stuff. But uh-huh. all the good tools already exist, in my opinion. Oh, um,
1: the necessary tools. I think, I think that, that there are a lot of cool things that I see. I saw somebody with some kind of scissors that chops vegetables or whatever. I'm like, that's bullshit. Nobody's going to clean that thing. That's not necessary, right? So I, I agree with right. you. I think it, like a knife, you can improve a knife Right, it can be better. Right. But it already exists.
0: It can be cheaper. That's one for a nine. Ah. They're all very expensive.
1: Okay, so that's um, one
0: thing you can do. All right. I think in the kitchen, the the important one is once you have a tool like a garlic press or avocado slicer or what have you, that only has one function, uh it's no good. Every kitchen every useful kitchen tool has more than one function.
1: so give me another example of a useful kitchen tool, because I I, I heard you say, so a garlic press, you're right, that's it. I don't think, I've never heard of anybody using it for anything other than a garlic press.
0: Right, so the 90% of all kitchen tasks that you need to do, you can do with your knife. If you have a nice 8-inch chef knife with a heavy blade, that's your garlic press. You slam it down on the garlic the garlic is crushed. Now. So a knife is something that.
1: that has multiple use. Okay. So that's a good example. Yeah, okay. Of course. All right. And so uh, then you can differentiate differentiate a knife by weight, by price, by design, by edge, all that kind of stuff, right?
0: Right. But again, there's, there's kind of a 80, 20 at work here. You, with one eight inch chef knife, you can do 80% of the things that you need to do in the kitchen when it comes to knife skills um you don't need tw- a knife block with 12 knives in it that all have a different function again a bread knife is nice to have a paring knife is nice is knife is knife to have yeah it's nice to have um but the 8 inch chef knife is all you need
1: and so so spending a lot of time developing those things you're not really adding value. Okay. All right. So that's a good mm-hmm. that's, that's a good example. All right. So I want to add value. So here, I got a water bottle sitting on my desk. Right. Okay. Another example, a water bottle, right? There's a million of them out there. Um, everybody tries one. Um, there's not been a lot of advances in the water bottle world uh, lately, right? Um, right. So what's an opportunity to add value for something like that?
0: Well, it's a good question. The, I think the there are some obvious uh, added values to some things that we don't see. I think a good example of that is I'm sure a lot of people have heard of the um, p- putting wheels on a suitcase, which we didn't come up with until the 80s. Yeah,
1: that's a good one.
0: Um, so the, I might not see it. Somebody else might. Somebody else might look at a water bottle and, and realize there's this really obvious thing that we need to add that we've just somehow forgotten about.
1: Okay. Um, All right, so when you're saying for private label, that part is easy. Because, I mean, it's easy when you think that way. I guess that maybe that's the right way to say it. Yeah, mean.
0: it's not easy to add value. I think that's actually one of the hardest things. But once you have your product that nobody else can replicate, where you've added the value in a way that nobody else has before... And there is a market for it. Obviously, you need to identify a product that has a market. The rest will come. The rest is easy.
1: When you think now, like, where you're at, um, you're one year into it. um, You had relatively early success with wholesale, like you said. You got into it, Mm -hmm. um, and it worked, and you're still with them, and and that relationship sounds pretty solid. Um, And now, when you elevated to private label, how difficult was it for you to make the transition from thinking like selling wholesale, selling other people's products to selling your own products?
0: Um, I think it was a little bit of a step-by-step learning, right? So first of all, you, you need to think about products in a different way because you're not looking at products that are already successful where you're just jumping on a listing. You need to imagine your own product in a competitive marketplace where you're actually competing with other products instead of other sellers. Um, but I think it it goes a little bit the other way around. I started doing wholesale and then went into private label. And then I realized, man, I really should have had this private label education first. So for anybody who's looking at wholesale who doesn't know anything about private label, the skills that you pick up learning private label are incredibly important for wholesale. Ooh. Um, so again, we're talking about adding value here. Anybody can call up a brand and say, hey, I want to sell your products. Please sell to me. And then... You're supposed to provide them with a value prop. And after learning about private label, you know what a successful listing looks like. Right, you know right. Writing, them
1: a a, writing them a check is not a value prop.
0: Right? Yeah, Just Just no, saying, hey, isn't.
1: here, my money's good. That's not going to add value to them. Yeah, short term, yeah, they got paid. They, but that doesn't solidify the relationship. I think that's very important to, to hear that. Hmm.
0: Right. So I called brands and I said, hey, I want to sell you a product. Um, and they agree to it. But now I could call a brand and say, I want to sell your product. This is what I can do for you. I can run sponsored products. I can run headline ads. I can run paid traffic from Facebook. I know how to do that. I can optimize your listing. Here's a keyword that should be in your listing already. That's not. Those are things that you learn doing private label. Hmm.
1: And so by learning that, it... (laughs) When you think back to your wholesale business, how much better is it a year later than what it was a year ago? Do you know what I mean, oh, question-wise, like flow, workflow-wise and, and benefits?
0: It's incredible. So I've applied all those skills. Back then, I had the wholesale account. I jumped on the listing, and I price matched. And again, I was really lucky. It was good to me. Today, I've learned all those things. Um, and I can approach the, the wholesale clients that I already have, and I say, hey, how about we launch your product in Canada or in the UK, which is something that I've done now. Um, I've improved the the photos. I've had new photos taken for wholesale products. I've enrolled my wholesale products into sponsored ads, which if anybody is in wholesale and they're not using sponsored ads, you have to do it because nobody in wholesale is using sponsored ads. Uh, your return on investment on just using sponsored ads for wholesale will be incredible.
1: But wait, nobody's making money in wholesale, Christian. We should pause to let you know this. There's (laughs) no money in wholesale. It's not going to happen. Nobody. Because the the margins, there's no margin there, right? There's just not enough value there. You're saying not true?
0: I think it's becoming more and more, like you said. Um, I definitely think it's possible to make money in wholesale still. Um, but you have to work relentlessly. You have to be calling brands all day until but wait a you second. find those unicorns.
1: But yeah, I was going to say, though, that's name, you know, name anything where you don't have to work all day. I mean, name anybody doing the four hour work week? I don't I don't believe it. Right. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I appreciate that you're putting in fewer hours, but you're putting in fewer hours now because you put in the time before. I think that's a very accurate statement. Fair
0: not for e-commerce i wouldn't say really? like i said with wholesale i got super lucky and i wasn't calling brands all day in fact i Well called- but you
1: can't earn a full-time living just with those That's three wholesale true. accounts yeah, so that is so right. i guess to scale it to a certain thing i mean you've got to, you're going to pay the dues sometime and so at some point you're going to put the effort in so i i don't think i mean to me i think anyone i mean we've got friends you and i both know people selling millions many millions of dollars mm-hmm. to an RA I couldn't do it. I mean, that's their thing. That's their lane. OA. We all know tons of people. We know people who are the masters at tactical arbitrage or price checker, too. They're masters at it, right? Right. Or or I look at Dan and Eric who are launching their wholesale course right now. Those guys, they're the real deal. They've hit it. They have a good program. It's very solid. It does work. They're volume sellers, right? That does work. Is it getting harder? Yeah. yeah, it's getting harder. Why? Because brands are taking out middlemen like us, right? And they're selling it themselves, right? And they're they're saying, hey, wait a second. I want to control my future. Private label, as we started this part of this, this segment here, was basically you're going to hit roadblock after, roadblock after roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And they get easier as you go along. But they're still hard. So I, I think right. all of it's hard. Um, and I, if you had a retail store, I'd be selling the same thing. I mean, can you imagine... Back to back to you're working in a restaurant. As you talked about all those people that called off, that's hard.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. But, you know, you just have to have a mindset to make it work. So, and push through it, as you said label, earlier. Right. If you're in private label, there's a couple of things that, that have happened to me this year. Uh, I got hit by the new Trump tariffs. Ooh. People are complaining in the Facebook groups. Okay, you know what? Are you going to stop private label now? No. You're just your business, and you move on.
1: Well, if you got hit by those tariffs, I mean, this is Steve's thinking, right? So let's just say it was an mm-hmm. iron tariff. Let's just say you're bringing in—I don't know. I don't have anything iron in my office. You're bringing in uh, scissors, and it was hit because of the steel tariff, because you sell stainless steel scissors or whatever. Right. Isn't everybody hit by that tariff?
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: Right. So I agree that your scissors are not going to be as competitive— today because you only have six cases in your house where somebody else has six pallets in their warehouse but at some point right. there is a point where everybody has to raise their price at some point right
0: yeah exactly
1: okay all right so you have the same experience that's what goes through my head i mean it sucks and it's awful but as long as everybody has to pay it i mean isn't yeah At that- the end
0: who's paying for it is the consumer right
1: Right. You're going to pass along that. I I, I saw that with cars. Oh, they're absorbing some of the car costs. Well, that's because they have so much fluff built into that stuff. Of course, they can absorb it. But at some point, they're going to have to raise prices because they need bonuses and stuff, you know? Yeah. All right. So you got hit with the tariffs. Uh, You didn't curl up. You pushed through it. Right. All right. What else happened? Did I see you have a shipping problem or something at one point?
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I launched a new product. Uh, actually I launched three new products around the same time. I placed all those orders right after Chinese new year. It took a while to produce. Um, and one of them is small and light. So I realized, you know what, let me split up the shipment. I'll put half of it, uh, on a plane and half of it on a boat so that I can start making those sales and get some of the money back. Now (laughs) I've had nothing but problems with that shipment. Um, Number one, the air shipment got delayed three times by my freight forwarder um, to where it checked in about a a few days after the boat shipment. (laughs) Um, So I was missing out basically on a month of sales. Um, Then, well, actually, it wasn't checked in. It was delivered. Um, And Amazon hasn't found the 800 units yet. Nice. So... (laughs) that's a really good one i've been waiting on for about three or four weeks uh to get a reimbursement from them um then the boat shipment arrived then immediately the units were flagged as hazmat they're not and i filled out a form wrong and then it took another week to do it so there's a product that i should have been making sales since late june and i just started this week
1: when when now here you're a year into it so you're Almost seasoned, right? You've brought you got mm-hmm. sixteen products, right? And you still make mistakes. What's up with that? I mean, it's not perfect. It's not easy. It's not. Things go wrong, and uh, you know the other thing, which I think is very interesting, is you the the some of the other issues you have are outside of your control. Definitely, and that that's probably where the majority of challenges are. Right? They're outside of your control. You're relying on other people, and guess what? They don't care about your business as much as you do.
0: Right, and thankfully I've learned early in not to worry about things that are out of my control. I can try to remedy them in another way, but if I can't fix them...
1: Well, how do you push past that? Because I think this is, this is a good question for some people. I mean, you know, how much money are we talking? I mean, are you able... Be, you didn't push everything in on seven. Oh, or make one bet. It's all, I'm all in right? That's that's mm-hmm. the lesson here, right? You didn't go all in on this product.
0: If it fails yeah, or it delays,
1: degrees. it sucks. It hurts. I'm sure it's painful. Cash flow is always a big problem.
0: Especially now.
1: But you're still eating.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what can you do? You, you try and roll with the punches. Now, I think because of what happened with the shipment and a few other things that were, again, out of my control. Now I'm not going to hit my yearly goal, which is a revenue-based goal, so it's kind of silly to begin with. Um, but at the same time, I heard this in a recent Tim Ferris podcast where somebody was talking about goal setting. Am I going to be disappointed now that I'm not going to hit my goal that I've arbitrarily set for myself? <laughs> it was a high goal to begin with, and I'm going to shoot just under it. Should I be sad now?
1: My answer is no. I always think of Grant Cardone. He says that. He's like, do a 10X. And then if you only did half of it, man, life's still pretty stinking good, right? I mean, think about that.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel exactly.
1: You're still riding your motorcycle Mm -hmm. this weekend, aren't you? You're still going to be taking your Spanish lessons. And you're still going to do what you want on your terms. I I think finding a way to handle that. Well, let me say it this way. I think because of all those extra things that you're doing by investing in yourself, it allows you to roll with things. If you were so busy where you know, 20 hours of every single day was sucked up, when oh. this stuff hits you, it could collapse a person. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, you touched on something interesting, really. Um, now I have my Amazon business, and if things go wrong with it, it hurts. But at the same time, I have some other things that, that are distracting me from it. So maybe I had a shipment that where 800 units got lost. At the same time, I just finished a book this week. I made some real progress in jiu where I learned a new move. Or I got a new, a new set of rims for my motorcycle. You just kind of, you got to balance it out. It's the same as you said with a shipment. It, I didn't put all my money in, in one product.
1: It's I like don't put perspective.
0: All my time into one thing, yeah.
1: It's like perspective, right? Mm-hmm. We always say this. I mean, God forbid somebody in your family gets cancer. Everything stops. All rules are off, right? Everything. Right. We, it's amazing what can get done when something when it has to get done. So, I I think it's very healthy, and I think there's something for people to listen to that section again. The reason that he's able to kind of let that challenge roll off his back and i'm not saying you're happy about it and it's a big issue and you got to figure it out is because four or five other good things happened in your life why because you were there to notice it i think that's part of the problem and i'm this is steve talking to steve here sometimes is Mm -hmm. we're so busy we create so much we we recognize busy as being successful and yet it's just noise and so stuff is flying past us. Our kids are getting older. Your mom gets another year older. She didn't get to see you this month. You're going to see your next, you know what I mean? All that stuff just flies by you and right. you're not present. And so therefore, you never get to enjoy it. Ooh. Your mom coming has got to be a big deal for you. I mean, it's got to be a big deal.
0: <laughs> it, is, it sure is. I'm going to have to get a cleaning lady.
1: Yeah, you better get that done. She's going to be looking, right? Remember that. But uh, but here's the deal, though. You're going to be able to be present with her because it's true. of this. Yeah.
0: No, it's very nice. Actually, um, when you said something about, you know, God forbid somebody in my family getting cancer, I went through a similar thing, um, not with cancer, but my dad uh, about six or seven years ago was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. At a fairly young age, he was 65 at the time. Um, by the time that uh, he needed more of my attention I had created this business for myself where I could go back and take care of him Do hmm. no, um, through the very the two one or two last years of his life
1: oh. wow alright you just gave me the chills my whole body's giving me the chills right now that is amazing but by design Christian all this stuff you know this stuff doesn't just happen. Uh, you talked about it when we first started talking. Is you got to, you know, take action and, and just it gets stuff's going to get thrown your way. Your ability to move forward with it, I just think, is so powerful. So, yeah, certainly. so you now, um, and now that even means more about your mom coming, knowing what I know now. That means even more. I didn't even realize that. Mm. Wow. Um, this is probably a whole bunch of people are sitting here saying, "Man, how do I find this? How do I?" How do I get to this point in my life? I've got all these other outside responsibilities. You made, I go back to the beginning of our conversation, you made a whole bunch of personal sacrifices, you know, Mm -hmm. to get to this point. You lived minimal, and it sounds like you still Mm -hmm. live minimal, right,
0: by choice. Somewhat. Uh, I think in certain aspects, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so... I mean, what's your advice for people who are saying, man, I want that, Christian. I want what you have, which is, I mean, I've got this business, but it's this giant machine. i got to keep feeding the machine. I must keep adding product. I must keep sourcing product. What's your advice?
0: Well, again, I think I'm in a very lucky position where I travel light, um, and I mean that in life. So, I
1: oh, travel light in life. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a merch <laughs> shirt for somebody something? who wants that. That's a good one.
0: Yeah, I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. Uh, my motorcycle's paid off. Um, I don't have too many clothes in my closet. Like I said, I when I was 24, and that was just seven years ago, I sold all of my belongings and came to the States with two duffel bags. Now, I've recouped some you know, personal property, but I've been in that position where I could go back to that point.
1: And it doesn't scare you because you survived and, you know, I mean, I, I just think that there's a lesson here. You know, we add so much clutter to ourselves. We put all that responsibility upon ourselves when it comes back down to it, or let's make it even worse. Somebody's kid is sick. Everything stops, you know, right. all of a sudden, why can't yeah. it stop then? Why do you have to wait for something awful to have it stop? If you really want to make a change, listen to what Christian's saying. You can make that change. Um, I, I think it's very cool. And again, you're not the biggest seller. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's some guy who's gonna be like, Steve, ask him what his sales are. I don't care what his sales are. Yeah, He's I'm living a life time. I I I don't care because to me, you're living the life that you designed. And I think that people have to get out of their head that they must be selling ten million dollars to have success. Ask some of the ten million dollars sellers. Sometimes they say they made more money when they were selling, you know, four hundred thousand dollars <laughs> because of all right, these yeah. additional responsibilities. So when you're now You're staying with the wholesale model and the private label. You're going to kind of ride them both for as long as you can?
0: Yeah, I'm not continuing to add any wholesale accounts. And if those products go bad, I'm not looking to add any more. I'm definitely focused on private label now. I got lucky with my second product that I hit a niche that is a personal passion of mine. So I I know my product really well and I stand behind my product and I can give customer support if I have to by myself. And it's a niche that I can add a couple of products to in the future.
1: Well, is that what is that let me ask this because I this might be important. You knowing it and being passionate about it, is that adding value to the product? Certainly. That's an example of adding value to the product. Your passion and your ability to help people with it.
0: Ooh. Yeah, definitely. That's deep. Uh, I mean any customer message that I get with a question about my product, I could outsource it. It's not in a you know, there's not a crazy volume of Customer messages that I get, there's maybe one or two a week, but being able to—I mean, I haven't used my own product in my own home, so I can go when a customer has an issue, look at the same thing, and see if it's an issue that I would be having myself in their position, and I can offer really personal advice.
1: That's very interesting. Yeah, I I see this happening with mine too. Oh yeah, and then when you write your listings you can answer those questions. Do you go back and fine-tune that stuff over time? If you see the same question getting asked that you didn't do a good enough job answering, so let me do that, and then have you seen results from that?
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's not just changing the listing. It could also be changing the product. Oh, okay. Um, If the same thing happens over and over again and it's a minor issue, why not just fix that in the the next production run?
1: Okay. All right, good. Well, I, I think the other thing that you talked about was expanding into other countries and stuff with existing products. Oh uh, um, yeah. How is that been I mean, there's no market like the United States on Amazon, right? I mean, Amazon's exploding yep. in other places, but there's still, there's, there's nothing like the United States right now today. Yeah. Right. Have you had success in these other countries?
0: Well, I'm just getting started. Like I said, I've added a wholesale product in the Amazon Europe using the Pan-European Fulfillment at Canada. And I'm getting a couple of sales nowhere near the volume that that same product does in the US. But again, it's only been a couple of weeks and I'm just getting started. Uh, That was a wholesale item. uh, And I just, uh, I think the product's on the boat. I just sent my first private label item to the UK. Okay. Um, As I'm in my niche, uh, and I kind of want to stay in it. Right now, I'm looking to to take my products as far as I can in the marketplaces that are available before I start branching out in another niche.
1: I think that's very smart. It, it, you might as well, you know, take advantage of it all the way. D- does it help that you, being a German-born, uh, uh, um, well, not, now you're a U.S. citizen. So just being German-born, <laughs> does it help you with the European market?
0: I guess it would help as far as translating listings into German. Um, but originally it was more of a hindrance when I was setting up my account because I, a couple of years back I had a individual selling account in Amazon, Germany, just sending in some old books of mine when I was visiting my mom and uh, just getting it transferred now to into my company's name. Oh and getting back yeah. Set yeah. up. Oh my gosh. It's, it's it it was surprisingly a lot harder than it would have been starting from a, a clean slate.
1: I think that's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, that now that... Oh, wait, now you don't understand. There's a machine here, right? You got that bureaucracy.
0: Yeah, getting tax compliant in Germany, actually, the easiest way for me to do it is to be there. So I thought, you know, I go a couple of times a year, I should be able to set it up. But in the end, I was able to, to get my VAT number in about three or four weeks from the UK. So... Lesson learned.
1: Lesson learned, right. Yeah. You know what? If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And so I think that these barriers,
0: you know, and
1: again, tell me if this, if you get a, do you get a little win when you do pass one of those barriers? You see it, oh my gosh, I got to deal with this. And then boom, it's kind of that jujitsu thing. When you get that new move and when you advance forward, right? When you don't have to submit in six seconds, it takes you seven or eight. Right. (laughs) You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very nice. It's, it's incremental progress. So you do something for the first time, like setting, sending a shipment to Europe the second time it becomes a little easier. And the more, the more you do it at at some point, it just becomes uh, a part of you. I was thinking about that yesterday. I had a couple of customer returns sent back to my house and they were basically new condition and I was sending them back, uh, doing shipments on my own. So kind of violating my own rule of never touching anything. Um, But I remembered the first time anyone's created a shipment in Seller Central. Oh, yeah. Were you not overwhelmed?
1: Oh, it's awful. And
0: and yeah, I'm I'm sure it took me about an hour to complete my first shipment. And then realizing, wait, I have to pack this into three boxes now before (laughs) you knew about inventory placement service. Uh, And now you do one of those things in five minutes. So anything that's hard today could be very easy next year. Oh,
1: another deep quote, another shirt. There's another shirt for somebody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. So looking out, what's next? Where are you going next? What What are you? Because you must stay interested. You have some pretty absolutes, right? One, you're not touching a product. Two, it right. better only really take less than three hours a day. It sounds like that's an app, because otherwise you're getting into my, you know, my uh, jujitsu, my Spanish, my motorcycle time. That's uh, no chance.
0: Right. Um, Obviously, there are a couple of days where. You know, or a couple of times during the year, like I was working a bunch, maybe two or three weeks ago when I was trying to place all my Q4 orders. Yeah, I was sitting here for eight hours a day, but I don't want to make that a habit.
1: What's next?
0: Next, uh, I have a couple of goals that I still need to crush in Q3 uh, before we we go into Q4. Um, You're running out uh, of time, dude. Yeah, it is one at a time. They're small goals. I want to become a little bit more active for my brand on social media, and that's something that I'm struggling with because I'm not necessarily very social media savvy, nor am I interested in doing it.
1: So what Uh, will you do that? Well, that's a good question. So what will you do? So take us into the Christian Verhoeven experiment. What will you do?
0: So the way that I— We're going to
1: hold you to this. So this is uh, you're putting it out there. This is it. Tell us how you're going to approach this.
0: My goal for Q3, again, it's a very small goal. I want to have an active social media account for my brand on Facebook and Instagram. And I want to average about two to three posts a week. That's for Q3. After that, we'll see where we can take it from there, if it even makes sense to continue. But I think that's where, where I want to be going with it. And the way that I want to do it, because I don't want to be doing it every day, is hopefully that I can concentrate uh, on social media for about an hour or two a month, gather gather all the posts that I want to be creating over the next few weeks and set it up on a schedule. Uh, I'll be tapping into a personal resource of mine, which is my girlfriend does social media for a fashion company in downtown Los Angeles. So she is very savvy there. Um, and once I get closer to setting up my system, I'll be talking to her more about some best practices.
1: And so then you'll just you'll have a plan, right? And say okay, there's there's, you know, 20 weeks left and okay, two a week, so that's 40 posts. These are the subjects I plan on covering and then start developing them all in small bite-sized pieces. I think that's very practical, very simple right. advice, uh, manageable. It doesn't sound overwhelming when you said it that way.
0: Yeah, again, I like I did when I started out with Amazon in general, I like small goals that are achievable. And that will make a difference. When when I was looking at making, I just want to make three hundred bucks extra a month. That was achievable, but once you hit that, you kind of get the ball rolling.
1: I love that. Set small, achievable goals and travel light in life. Man, those two—that's—I'm telling you—that's very sound advice. Travel light in, in life. You know, there, there's there's two things. One that means yeah, you don't you know don't get a lot of stuff because it does become a burden around you, like a like a uh, like a. I had a, fr- a friend tell me, mm-hmm. a guy told me about my eBay inventory. He's like, Steve, you're dragging around an old girlfriend. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that hurts, man. That really hurts when he said it because he's right, you know. But but that also could mean don't bring heavy down on other people. Um, travel light in life. Don't make, you know, don't be the heavy for everybody else. You know, be light. Well, that's the way I see it too. I think that's very powerful. For a young guy, dude, you've got some deep wisdom there. All right, well, so you. so you're, you're going to continue to build out. And I think that that's very exciting that you're going to continue to build out your existing, um, business. You're going to really create some brands. I mean, do you see an end game for your brands? I mean, would it be like cool to be, uh, you know, the anchor brand or the ring, I guess was the other one that just got sold or what have you. I mean, is that, is that something that'd be cool for you?
0: Yeah, I think, and I think that's a bit of my overarching goal for next year. I do want to become that, that cornerstone brand in my niche um i was listening to this on a podcast somewhere so if you're talking about phones and you you're trying to buy an iphone on amazon you don't go to amazon and you type in cell phone with touch screen you type (laughs) an iphone and i want my brand name to become that for my niche i want people to go to amazon and google my brand name or search for my brand name and become that Things, there are a couple of things that I need to achieve along the way. Social media and having a strong brand presence is one of them.
1: One uh, uh, one thing I want to get from you is context. So if somebody has a follow-up question, I do want to ask you about this because I, you you said something that I had not heard from somebody else about private label going back and using it on wholesale. I think that's a very powerful statement. I've not thought about what you said. I mean, I take it for granted because I get Andy's stuff, you know, I've been in it forever for free. He's a sponsor of my show. so And and we share a warehouse. So I'm very fortunate that way. So I just take it for granted that I know all that stuff. But you're absolutely right that there is an opportunity. um, And his group is free to join. Amazing Freedom is a free group Mm -hmm. to join. Yes, he's a sponsor of my show and blah, blah, blah. I get it. And he's one of my best friends. So I get all that. But I'm just telling you, go join. And just because there's guys like Christian in there that are dropping advice and helping people and then you can take and use that information on your wholesale business. If if private label isn't right for you, you still could take that information and use it backwards at no cost. And I'm not trying to sell Andy's course. Hey, he's not selling one, but, but just go back and use that information. I think it's very, very powerful um, that you pointed that out. I had not heard anybody say it that way. Um, and I think that's really, really strong. I'm, I'm going to talk to Andy about that tonight because I just think that that's so powerful. Um, that's such an opportunity. So, if somebody has follow-up question, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Christian?
0: Yeah, it'd probably be Facebook.
1: Okay. Um, I'll put your Facebook contact there. Okay. All right. I yeah, don't want to miss that because best. I just think that, you know, I think, you know, your chill, your chill, your approach is very healthy. Um, let me tell you, as a dad, your dad would be very proud um, knowing that you not only hit your stride, dude, you, you figured life out. Ooh. I'm telling you. I know it sounds corny, but I'm just telling that. you. Hey, I'm just telling you, most 31-year-old single guys do not have that part together. Do not have right. that part together. So uh, I mean that, and, and, and you know it sounds corny, but I'm, I mean it as a dad. I'm just telling you that. Um, that's very, very cool. All right, so the goal of this podcast is to help people move forward. You know, you, you have not gotten stuck or you've pushed past stuck. That might be a right. better example because you, I'm sure you've gotten stuck. What's your advice for people to get to get forward, to get moving, to keep this thing going forward? What's your advice?
0: I think you do a little bit every day. Um, I think the best way to go about it is to set a goal, whether it's a big goal or a small and achievable. It doesn't really matter. And every day, do just a tiny little bit. And that, I mean that tiny little bit every day, it'll compound.
1: There's a book out there called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, and he talks about that, right? So, you know, doing half a push-up every day, eventually you get to a full push-up, right? And then you get to two and three, right? That's the same concept, right? Just those small incremental improvements over time, that small step towards that goal. I I wrote down about those small achievable goals that you talked about earlier. I think that that, Mm -hmm. those small wins... They they do snowball, right? I mean they do give you a momentum there.
0: Yeah, they definitely do. <laughs> Dude, and, it is and oh, go ahead. Not just that, I, I think they, they add possibilities. So if you Oh I I guess we'll go with another example. Um I forget what it was, but I think I had some goals for when I moved to the States first. I I thought in the first few months I needed to uh Buy a new computer because I sold my computer as well. I was supposed to ideally find a girlfriend. That was the romantic of me, <laughs> and then buy a car in the first year. And those were pretty small, achievable goals, and I made them all happen. And then having the car and the computer uh, allowed me to move to LA. And uh, oh, apply so for those a bunch small
1: goals opened up other doors and other goals you didn't even think about. Oh,
0: yeah, exactly, see,
1: dude. <laughs> You're 31. Mm. You're not supposed to be this wise.
0: Very good I don't know if wise is the right word. <laughs> uh, you know what? I
1: think, it's, I think it's it's. a good point. Um, they open up. And sometimes you learn what you don't want, right? When you hit that goal, you're like, ooh, that sucked. I didn't like that. Okay, check. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right. That's a win. I don't do that again. Okay. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's very cool. Um, it's very cool to see what you're doing. It's very cool to watch... Um, to get to peek in and see how well you're doing. Um, I'm very impressed. I'm impressed with the life that you're, des- I, I'm telling you, there's a whole group of guys, we're in this diet group together, and there's a whole bunch of, this topic will come up about that you're focused on all these other things. And so when this other junk happens in your life, it just flows right off. I'm telling you, there's a lesson there, just listening to that for us old dudes. So very, right. very cool. Man, <clears throat> I, I wish you nothing but success, Christian. Thank you so much
0: hey thank you very much
1: what a great uh great guy but i mean what a great uh as a dad i mean i i know it sounds corny but i'm just sitting back and thinking to myself man well done dad well done you got it in him you didn't think it was going to happen when he's banging on the stage doing whatever that drumming thing they were talking about i still don't know what he meant by that but it sounds loud uh screaming and all that kind of jazz um but he figured it out. It was That stuff got put into him by somebody somewhere. And so, well done, Dad. Uh, very, very cool story. Um, it's very cool that his mom's coming in and that he's going to be able to spend the time with her because he's designed his life that way. I really hope that you find the life that you want. I really hope that you take the time um, because the real success starts at home. Remember that. The real success starts at home. ecommercemomentum.com. momentum.com. Take care.